What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life, and whatever else comes up. We take a no-bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. 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 I was just letting Stephanie know I didn't do research because I was too busy researching on my free time for the shame masterclass that I was like, oh shit, I didn't do anything on this. But these are topics that I cover with clients consistently. Speaking of the shame masterclass, by the time this airs, it'll be next week. Wait, this, when is this one here? This doesn't air till um, the 12th of January dang yeah girl we are ahead here's the thing so we batch episodes right we get together and we fucking knock out like four episodes at a time and then I prep them all like I do the editing and I post them so they're like good to go but then it's like we feel like we don't see each other to record for I hate it forever yeah I literally because in the beginning we were recording every single week you know like to Mm -hmm. get shit done because that's before I was editing and stuff and my brother was doing it so we were seeing each other all the time, which was fantastic. And yes, Amazing. like we work together, but we're only in office one day a week together, which is well, so and sad. Yeah, we work together, but we don't work at a fucking desk job together. No. Like we, I catch you five minutes in between sessions and Literally. our sessions don't even line up anymore. Yeah. Although I did hour. change, I changed my Mondays to start at two. So then I oh, fucking thank God. Time. <laughs> thank God. Cause I, that shit was irking me. I, I was like, okay, so you have a one thirty. Cool. I have a 2 PM. Awesome. I'll never see you. <laughs> I'm so Here's excited. When we started becoming best friends in 2014, we worked mm-hmm. together five days a week, four and, plus hours, and we were together and it was, all the time. It was technically like more, I would say more like a desk job than it was yes. like individual sessions because we would pull kids for 10, 15 minutes at a time, but yep. then we would still have our 11 to 1 p.m. solid no matter what break together and staffing Which together and we would do lots of fun things over our fucking two-hour lunch break i miss it i miss tanning right? and ice cream and target Ugh. i don't miss how unhappy i was but <laughs> i, I mean, don't miss the misery of being at that job i don't That's miss fucking yeah year. i don't miss trying to make myself happy in those two hours <laughs> with objects but i don't miss putting myself into debt to fill a void in my soul <laughs> from my fucking job i don't miss credit card debt (laughs) i don't miss stressing about bills every fucking month (laughs) i don't miss appointments and then having to cancel them because i'm having to stay at work till 7 p.m literally don't miss any of that literally i do not miss that at all i do not miss ambulance transfers or any of it (laughs) all of it and then be like well you can't flex that much time yeah what you're still gonna be in tomorrow at 7 30 right what (laughs) Okay. And part of me looks back and I'm like, how would I have ever made that work with how Sophia goes to school now? No, literally. No, I, I really don't know. Yeah. Because my dad was the one who would do it for 4K. How, how, how would that, how would I'll I never forget that? when I worked in West Dallas and I was about five to six months pregnant and I had to do an ambulance transfer. So I had to ride in, in the ambulance pregnant with this teen and I no. had to stay at the hospital. I was there till 10 30 PM and I was expected to show up at 8 a.m. the next day for my family session. You can kiss my ass. <laughs> I was I'm like, coming. I'm pregnant. I'm not, like I'm not coming. <laughs> I don't know. Can somebody bring me dinner? Like I'm starving. I have a baby in here. Like <laughs> is, is my ankles are the size of fucking like Texas. It was 
awful. It was. Am I adopting him? I, I mean, like, did literally, we not, I didn't sign I didn't, up for this. I wasn't Do I have aware. A supervisor that can come relieve me or give me a break. I don't like. What are we doing? Oh my god, that's hilarious. Ugh. Anyways, that was a little walk down memory lane of Mariana's yes. previous job where we met and fell in love. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Our anniversary just passed because I feel like it was like November. Yeah, I started November 28th on the team. Yeah. Yeah, November 28th on the team. And Seven I. Seven year anniversary just passed. Oh my God. Right? Like, what are we going to get each other? What are we going to do? I don't know. We'll have to celebrate real big when we celebrate the one year of the podcast in February. We have to. We got to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to buy you a cookbook and then I didn't because I was like, she's probably not going to be able to make anything out of this, but it was the unofficial Nightmare Before Christmas I've cookbook. I've seen those. I know, but like I flipped through it and I was like, so she can't have that. She can't have that. She can't have that. I mean, I that. could. I would just be miserable, right? Like, right. And well, and I don't want to give you the gift of misery. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I hope you feel like shit. Here's something you can never use. <laughs> Here's something that's just gonna collect just dust. To look at. It's a Here's, you're item. just gonna collect it's dust in your house. Look at. Like there's plenty of other things that I would just rather look at than a cookbook. <laughs> Way more things. Oh my god, that yes. is hilarious. All right, let's. I was like, why is Spotify on my phone or on my watch? Duh. I was just jamming. Oh okay. yeah, I was like, I don't know. Let's discuss. What what are we doing? We are on episode forty three, and, and we are, we are talking discussing. about body dysmorphia boom thank you to katie for sending mm-hmm. us a few requests via email i loved yes. it i opened it and i was like fuck yes let's do this boom um, so we're super stoked about this and i'm so excited again i just want to preface this by saying when we talk about things like this that are a diagnosable mental health disorder mm-hmm. we are not giving you the criteria for you to then go say i fucking have that i have that right yes we thank are giving you, you tools to be able to use and to discuss amongst yourselves with a professional, like we're, we're giving you education, right? Yes. We're not giving you the, um, DSM to be like, Hey, here, take this, go, go have a peek, see if anything resonates, (laughs) bring this to your therapist and demand they diagnose you with it. Cause I just want to be, cause we we love when clients do that. Like, I just want to be clear about that. Yes. So Let's discuss, Stephanie, what is body dysmorphia? So body dysmorphia or body dysmorphic disorder is a disorder in which you are hyper-focused on a perceived flaw. It could be a real quote unquote flaw or an unreal one. So much Mm -hmm. so to the point where you will hide it. Mm -hmm. Um, You will avoid social situations. You're constantly checking the mirror. You're constantly asking people like, do I look okay? Does this look okay? Does this body part look bad? Right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it becomes kind of an obsession. Mm -hmm. Um, there's obviously different severities for it. I also Mm -hmm. describe it to people as, excuse me, you know, those funhouse mirrors when you look at it and you're like, yeah, like you're a blob, right? Yeah. With body dysmorphia that can happen where you Mm -hmm. look in the mirror and you perceive yourself to look much bigger than you are, or a certain part of your body looks terrible. And then in reality, if you were to take a picture and look at that picture, you look different than you did when you look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. your brain is kind of convincing you that you look a certain type of way when in reality, taking a picture actually shows you what your body. Well, and like. Do you feel like that could be vice versa though? Like flipped as well? Sure. Because like, 
I was just thinking about this random thought popped into my, not random, but it's congruent with what we're talking about. But we went and got family pictures done and I had a skirt on and this skirt is like a satiny type material. Mm -hmm. And I know what I looked like in the mirror. And I was pleased with what I saw and the way that I looked. I was like, oh, okay, definitely. I, I, I look good. This is like an A-line skirt. It flatters me, blah, 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 blah. We took pictures and I was like, like full-blown meltdown crying. Like I, and I, I typically don't cry over things like that, but I literally was so excited to have pictures done with Jeff and Soph because Soph and I hadn't had pictures done since I want to say 2018, maybe. I was going to say like 2016. We had like young, young ones done with my sister once when Dominic was, I think those were 2015. But we hadn't had them done in a point in cases. We hadn't had them done in a while. I was excited to have Jeff in them too. We were going to give them as Christmas gifts because my sister was the session before us. So we all took one together and give them as Christmas gifts to my mom um, and my dad. And the way that that skirt photographed, dude, I looked fucking atrocious. Like I looked wildly bigger than what I looked like in real life. (laughs) Cause I know damn well, like I was talking to Jeff after we were getting him. I was like, did I look like this in real life? And he was like, no, he was like, Mario would have said something. And, I, and he typically will, like, I'll ask him about my outfits and he'll be like, I just don't think that that favors you. <laughs> oh he, he is, he will not, he's not a yes man, which I really appreciate because don't let me look fucking stupid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't send I mean, me out into the world. We had a similar experience with pictures <clears throat> where you and I had pictures and we saw the pictures and we were like, Oh yes. Yes. Is yes. that how what I, I fucking look like? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's kind of like where I'm thinking too, of like maybe the flip of like, also <laughs> if you know, and are looking in the mirror and you're, and you can say to yourself or saying like, okay, yes, this looks good. I like the way that this looks like you're viewing that with your own eyes and you can solidify that. And so the picture is just capturing one moment in time mm-hmm. could have been the lighting could have been like, cause it was windy that day and very dull. And so sure. I think that the way that the light was reflecting on the satin skirt made it look crazy. Cause again, I, I know I didn't look like that, but I was like, well, I'm not posting any of those full body ones. I looked like a train wreck. <laughs> like no, but also that time that you were at a wedding and you thought you looked terrible. I did not think that you looked the way you thought you looked. Right. And so then that's, that's the flip, right? Yeah. Obviously. But that, that is because I knew it was my own insecurities about sure. where that dress hit me. And a lot of all the reaction I got was like, yes, <clears throat> that dress looked great, blah, 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 blah. But that was my own insecurities. And I, I don't want to say anywhere near body dysmorphia because I was able to go and have fun. Yes. But just in that like warped sense of self that sometimes we all get into. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the differentiation I wanted to make too of like, I hope that you heard when Steph said like it impedes your life. Yes. Like in the sense of like, I'm not going to go do activities because of situations (laughs) because of X, Y, Z. Whereas like, for example, just the one that we were talking about, the dress that I was wearing was a little tighter around my hips and I, have like a little mom pouch, but that's, it's genetics. It's not like it, like my mom had it. My grandma had it. My great grandma has it. That's just like the body type of the Heidi clan. Mm -hmm. So we're just hippie, solid Irishmen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's what it was. And that's what it is. Um, but I'm very self-conscious about that, that area of my body. So Mm -hmm. I know that I hyper-focus on it, but other people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, like there will be some things that people are like, I don't think you should wear that, which fine. I appreciate that. Yes. Honesty. Don't send me out there looking stupid or crazy, but yeah, I definitely, definitely agree in those, but like, that's the differentiation I want to make. Like mm-hmm. it, there can be moments where, um, 
societal pressures or yeah. expectations or uncomfortability or you're bloated or like, you know, you there's so many period and your brain right. is working against you. Right. There are so many things that go into play that does not equate to the level of body dysmorphia. Yes. So that is a big differentiation I want to make here. And it can be so extreme. Again, yeah. it's a whole spectrum there. It can be so extreme that you seek cosmetic surgery mm-hmm. constantly to fix things. And you know what? It doesn't actually help because no, you're, because you're not doing keep, the mind. Yeah. yeah. And you're still going to keep finding these flaws because exactly right. You're not working on your mindset or your thought challenging yes. or your thought processes. And that's the key to treating body dysmorphia is CBT cognitive mm-hmm. behavioral therapy. Your thoughts affect your behaviors and affect your like it affects everything. How you think about something <laughs> is going to affect how you behave in a situation, right? Absolutely. So if I think I look disgusting and I think everyone is going to be staring at the cellulite on my legs, I'm not going to wear shorts or I'm not even going to go because it's not worth it. Fuck that, dude. You have one motherfucking life to live. The the thought process behind this that I have had with, um, I discussed with my friend Jasmine, who is such a sweet soul. Her and I were talking about her boss who, um, her old boss, And there were just moments where um, there was this discussion of like, you know, wanting to look good and wanting to like constantly like keeping up with the Joneses, right? Of like this, like constantly trying to improve. And just like you said, but like how some people uh, repetitively seek plastic surgery or, um, or like lower level things like fillers or, um, you know, body modifications, whatever it may be. Um, And the thought process that I've tried to adopt halfway through 2021 and it's still definitely on the top of my list for 2022 of goals and things I want to work on is like when I am at the last moments in my life I am not going to think thank god I didn't go to the pool with my daughter thank god I didn't go swimming thank god I did not eat that last cupcake like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to think like that. And I'm not saying you make that thought process in the sense of justifying eating foods I more so want you to apply it to the situations um, events, experiences, memories that you could make in your life that you are Mm -hmm. holding yourself back from because you feel that you don't, your thoughts, you feel you don't fit into societal norms of what is expected to be the body type, um, which is so broken and backwards to begin with, because we are not all ever going to have the same body type. I don't care how much I work. I will never look like Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And I, not that I want to, but I'm just looking at somebody who has a completely different body type. Like sure. if I work my ass off, I could maybe look a little bit closer to Beyonce or JLo. I have natural hips that are just not going to go away there. It doesn't, unless I go get my bones shaved down and like, you know, like set in closer together. Like right. it's not feasible. It's not, it's not feasible. So like I, it, you have to understand too, like, what is the body type that you have? And you have mm-hmm. to honor that. Never going to be 5'10", 120 pounds soaking wet. It's just not going to work. Well, and that's why things like BMI and shit, that used to bother me, obviously. Yeah. Like, I had an eating disorder in high school and and numbers really, like, fucked me up. But, like, mm-hmm. my BMI, what I'm supposed, the size I'm supposed to be, because I'm 5'3"-ish, is, like, yeah. 115 pounds. Yes. I am not built to be 115 no. pounds. I've been there. I look like I was dying. Literally. It's like a skeleton with skin. <clears throat> I got down to, like, 147 when I was really, really, really sick with, um, when I was on that three-month sure. work leave back in 2010, where I was, like, I had a bacterial infection in my stomach, found out I was celiac, like, all these different things. And, like, I looked sick. Yes. Like, sickly. Yes. It was, <clears throat> and that was one, yeah, I think I was 147. And I was, like, 
gaunt. Yes. Like I think I, if I hover around like 150, 155, that's a really good space for me. But like, it's still like realistically, like I'm no, I'm not near that. It's hard to get down to that area because it just like, now I think I'm battling hormonal changes and getting older and metabolism changes and things like that, that it just is what it is. So I'm trying to have space and grace with myself because I like, I know what I'm putting into my body. I know what I'm doing physically for my body and something isn't adding up. So like, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and consistently weigh myself and stress myself the fuck out because it's not helpful. That's, that's like how you said, and like how you, I don't know if it was Burns who said it, or it was you and Burns talking together, but saying like that weight is just a data point measurement in time. You can get on the scale in another 10 minutes and not be that weight again. You, you, I promise you can weigh yourself in the beginning of the day and the end of the day, and they will be wildly different because your body's going through things during the day and it's going to be wildly different. Like mm-hmm. if you're attempting to drink a gallon of water each day, yet you're not going to be the same weight. No, you're going to be filled with water and also food to nourish your body. Like there's you know, like you deserve to eat. You deserve mm-hmm. to do these things, to have these experiences. And so I think, like we said, having this CBT or so the cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy approach of challenging those thoughts because your thoughts then play into your behaviors and your behaviors cultivate new thoughts and feelings and emotions. And that's how we start to spiral if that goes unchecked. And again, like we've said a bajillion times, feelings are not facts. When I (laughs) am hormonal, I feel like Mm -hmm. I look like a loaf of bread. That does not mean that I look like a loaf of bread. That I am a loaf of bread. Potato, right? Like that does, that's not what that means. That's just how I feel because of, for whatever reason, my hormones are making me feel bigger or I'm retaining Mm -hmm. water, whatever the reason, right? But three years ago, I would have beat myself up and been super frustrated with those feelings and convinced mm-hmm. myself that I wasn't doing enough and X, Y, Z. Like I've come to a place where I don't do that anymore because it's not helpful for what, why would I do that to myself? Right? Yes. I, it's definitely still, I don't want to say an everyday struggle, but a weekly struggle just with where I'm at right now, because I know that I've been smaller. I know that I've been bigger. I just am attempting to find what works for me. And I think that the, the ADHD part plays in of like, I don't have patience for waiting, especially when I'm like, no, I'm fucking working out every day. I don't get it. Um, it doesn't make sense. And, and please understand, I'm not going balls to the wall in my workouts every day that we're working out every day. Sometimes look like, like yesterday I did a 20 minute stretch, a low impact bike ride, and like a 10 minute arms challenge thing. So some are very low impact, like what I would consider a rest day because of how much I work out. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it doesn't like, it doesn't add up to me, but again, trying to have that space and grace with myself of it. This is one day at a time. That's realistically all that I can do. And how can I show up for myself today? What does that look like? How can I, you know, make space for myself? So one thing that I do with clients that I don't think that I've ever had somebody where I truly needed to diagnose them with um, body dysmorphia. I, ha- I, I will say that I could solidly say 75% of the clients that I see have struggled with body image issues. Sure. And so one skill that I do with them, and it's not necessarily a skill, but like more of a, um, an actionable thing that you can do is one, take stock on a piece of paper of areas of your body that you don't like. 
and why you don't like them. And then you do what is called mirror work. So you attempt to sit in front of the mirror and you do it for how you can tolerate it. I suggest starting small, like maybe a minute or two. And um, sometimes you could be clothed or unclothed. It's your, you can do it naked. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's your comfortability. And it, you can eventually work your way to being completely naked, but you do the work of sitting in front of the mirror or standing in front of the mirror and, and focusing on one body part during one session until you um, eventually are able to kind of like clear that body part of like, okay, I feel better about this and look at the body part for its function rather than what its appearance is. So like, I, I really struggle with my legs. I do not like them. Um, I don't, I, I, my lower body just struggle with the whole thing in general, except for my feet. I think I have very cute feet. So looking at my body, if I start like when summer comes around, you have to start wearing shorts just because it's hot as fuck outside. And I'm not going to be in jeans. I'm not, I refuse because then I'm going to be even more upset. So I know that about myself. So challenging the thoughts of like, I'm grateful for the ability to be able to walk and to run and to drive and to, to carry myself and to swim. And like, what are the functions that my legs do and how can I be proud of them in the way that they show up for me on a daily basis? Like, what do I put them through on a daily basis that they continuously work for me? Like I, I don't, I, it's hard for me to even fathom what it would be like to not even be able to walk or to, to perform or to like carry my kid or have, have those things. Like, again, you really have to explore the, the function behind the body part rather than its appearance. Like realistically, if I couldn't use my legs, would I give a fuck if they had cellulite on them? No, I would be hyper-focused on the fact that I took for granted being able to walk or run or do any of those things. And I spent all that time worrying for what? Mm Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So you had a vaginal birth. I had a C-section, right? Mm-hmm. Two valid forms of bringing a child into this world. Yes. I don't care what anybody has to say about it, right? Like neither one is easy. So I have no. Like, I don't have like a C-section belly, right? But I have a scar where my bikini line is, and I have like extra skin and some fat that sits above it. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. I fucking made a ba- I made a human. A human. I made another living human being that I mm-hmm. carried in my body for nearly mm-hmm. 10 months. Like mm-hmm. I created a life. So to hate that part of my body for what mm-hmm. it allowed me the ability to become a mom. Like it's a beautiful Literally. thing. I'm never yes. going to have a shredded six pack. It's not in the cards for me. I'm Italian. Like, come on, get it together. Like <laughs> I like pasta. <laughs> yeah, we like carbs. I like so. pasta and bread. Okay. And sausage. It's going to happen, but that's okay. I know that I have a strong stomach. Like right. I can feel it, you know, but I'm also exactly. proud of where my body has gotten me. And like, mm-hmm this year in the summer when I went camping and I forgot to bring workout pants. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking record my workouts. I don't have pants. Like I was that pissed off. Mm. And then I was like, I'm just going to work out in the shorts that I have. And then I saw that I could see my leg muscles. And I was like, what? I'm never going to hide these ever again. This is amazing. Right. And at first I was like, is that really a leg muscle or is that a shadow? Like, come on. I've never had visible leg muscles before. Even if I knew let that, that I shadow <laughs> work to your ability, bitch. Like, you'll have pants at home later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, every time I see my legs in a workout video, I'm so fucking proud because I'm like, I built them, motherfucker. Yes, I built that. That's a lot yes. of work, and I'm fucking proud of that. Whether I have I have cellulite in the back of my legs and the fronts, I don't give a fuck. Cellulite, like yeah. I do not care. It's genetic. There's nothing you can do about it. Literally nothing you can do about it. You can change your diet. You can change those things. People who are 110 pounds have cellulite. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. It's there. And I I understand that it's something that everybody struggles with. 
And I feel like I can say that everybody, if somebody has it, I think a lot, I would, okay. So 94% sure. struggle with it, right? Really struggle with the appearance of it. But realistically, like the things that with are in your control, sure do them. Hydrating yourself is obviously going to reduce the, the appearance a little bit, working out, attempting to eat healthy, but like it, nothing is for sure guaranteed mm-hmm. to take those things away. Trust me, I would have already found it. Well, and but realistically, time, I hated my calves. I have big yeah. calves and like, I have big ankles. I just yeah. always have neither one of my parents have big ankles. I'm like, where the fuck did these tree trunks come from? Like, I don't understand. This is what used to make me mad though. I could yeah. never wear like zip up boots because my fucking yeah. calves are too big. Same, same. I can't, and when I, I still just can't. Got my combat boots, I think I tried on like seven different pairs yes. and then these ones I could zip and I was like, done. Get yeah, them. So they're the one that I could zip. Yeah. No, I just do ankle boots because there's no fucking way. My calves are too, they're just too big. Yes. And I'm not getting like fucking wide extended boots <laughs> just to be able to, like, I'm not doing that. I, I'm not going to take it to the shoe man and be like, can you sew an extension in here so I can wear these? I don't things? have time and energy for that. I don't. If I'm going to do some sort of modification to clothes, it's going to be for a coat because yeah. the hips are too damn big. That, that's the only thing that I would be modifying. The other thing I was thinking is I think that not, I think body dysmorphia is very common in people who lose a drastic amount of weight and they still view themselves as the heavier version where they just can't wrap their brain around. Like, no, I still look like that. And you're like, bro, you lost 150 pounds. You don't. Mm -hmm. And so how do you combat that? Here's the thing. Take measurements. Measurements don't lie, right? Like (laughs) measure your physical body Mm -hmm. to show. Okay. Wow. I am significantly smaller. Take measurement with your clothes. I haven't been Mm -hmm. able to wear these jeans for six years and now they're too big for me, right? Like Mm -hmm. do Mm -hmm. something that shows you that there's an actual physical change. Like there's a reason there's fitness tests, right? Like there's a reason it's like, okay, how long does it take you to do 10 pushups? How long does it take you to do this? How long does it take you to do that? You're measuring the strength. So here's Mm -hmm. the thing. It's not about being skinny or smaller. It's about showing up for yourself and being able to be strong. And in whatever that looks like for you, some people want to be strong so they can help their disabled family members. Somebody want, somebody wants to be strong because they grew up being maybe the smaller person in the group. Mm -hmm. Like I I want to be strong because I think it looks cool. (laughs) (laughs) So realistically, like, and, and because I never really considered myself an athlete, right? But like I am. Yes. I am an athlete. Like I work out and lift and do all of these things. Yep. Like just because I didn't play a lot of sports growing up, doesn't mean that I'm not an athletic person. Mm-hmm. I think it's really starting to challenge some of those societal stereotypes of like what society deems is athletic or what they deem is skinny or what they deem is fit or whatever, because we've already deconstructed society's expectations of us in other, um, podcasts episodes why why would we listen to them on this Mm -hmm. like the the fucking like a body image standards set or the beauty image standards set back in the fucking 40s and like it changes every every year every decade and it doesn't make any goddamn sense and so then we're just constantly attempting to change ourselves to fit this societal expectation or norm when if if we literally as a collective whole as the people of the United States were like, yeah, we're not doing that. The beauty, mm-hmm. the beauty industry would collapse within days, mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. a billion dollar industry would collapse within days because they have gotten so good at making us hate ourselves. Yeah. We would do anything to change those aspects. But here's the thing. I understand that this is about body dysmorphia and image and stuff like that. But what it really boils down to is you are so 
much more than your body. You are so much more than what your physical body has to offer. There are so many other qualities about you that I would rather focus on than judge you off based off of what your body looks like or what it can do. Mm-hmm. It, it just is wild to me that that's where we are in a society of like, well, if I'm not this size, then I'm not worthy. worthy. One of my favorite talks that Burns has given us in the babe gang is how when she gets new clothes, whether it's pants or whatever, she will cut the tag out. She's like, mm-hmm. I don't need to know the size because what I wear at Target is not what I wear at this store. Yes. Every single store, the sizing is different. Your yes. body's not changing. The sizing mm-hmm. is changing. That does not mean that you gained 15 pounds between this store and that store because the pants right. size went up. Right. Right. I think that that's a beautiful thing because at the end of the day, the size doesn't matter how it fits it you matters, how you feel. And it matters when I put an out, put on an outfit and I feel good in the first outfit I put on, that's a win for me, right? I'm not trying on 17 different bottoms, three different tops, because I just, something doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like feeling good in my clothes is a big deal to me. That's yes. a win. I want to feel comfortable. I want to feel fun. I want to feel funky. Like I I don't, I don't give a fuck what the size is. And like I talked about that on an earlier podcast, when Mm -hmm. we went back to school shopping for soap in one store, Ashbagash, she is under the 10 to 12 size. She should be in eights. And I wish they would make fucking size lengths for kids because she shorts because she is such a a petite girl. Mm-hmm. And then at Old Navy, we were up to a 14 to attempt okay. to fit her stomach, but then the legs are like fucking balloon sleeves. <laughs> like they're, they're huge. They're in palazzo pants. She, she, literally, I was like, what are these jinkos? Like, uh, like it was so wild. I was, like, not, pipes back on the show. I was like, I'm not spending my money on this. It, it was wild. It was wild to me. And I, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> and she was just, she just asked me the other day, mom, I want to go jean shopping. And I was like, I'd oh, rather no. not. I'd rather, I'd not. rather I'll just get I'd, sweatpants. I'd, I, can't you have legging jeans? Like I would rather not because yes. they don't fit your body correctly. Everything mm-hmm. is high-waisted. She is not a high-waisted girl. Mm-hmm. And it's not the way that her body works. I am. I am. <laughs> I am not a low rise girl. I will be in a size 18, maybe. And your colon will be hanging out still. (laughs) To get get low rises on. Like, oh my land, you're hitting me at the widest part of my hips. Are you joking me? Are you fucking kidding me? I I was so goddamn grateful when that fucking phase passed. The fucking zip fly was this big. Oh my God. I was like, (laughs) can you just put another button there? Call it a day. Don't do a zipper. Just do two buttons, please. Call it a day. I I don't even know how I made it through that era. I really don't. I don't even remember. were always out. I, well, I know I didn't get low rise because they literally would not fit me. And because I was a teenager, I was like, I refuse. I refuse. I'm not wearing a size 14. I, I re- absolutely of fucking course. refuse. I'm of not. Course. And I know, well, I think what really realistically what it was is I would just go to Gap mm. because Gap still had like mid rise. And at that time, I didn't necessarily feel like I needed high rise because I was still a teenager, hadn't had a kid, none of that stuff. So. And meanwhile, I can't wear high rise because my intestines will be screaming at me. And, and that's what I'm saying. Stomach ache. Like, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, stupid. it's, it's also that too. Like there's certain leggings I can wear and certain leggings that I'm like, yep. never again. So your body wasn't made to fit clothes. Clothes are made to fit your body. Mm-hmm. The sizing is a fucking lie. And we know that mm-hmm. we realistically know that I can have an extra small in a sweatshirt and then I can have an extra large in a t-shirt it, and yep. none of it makes sense. None yep. of it. So yep. What I think we're attempting to get at in this episode is one, 
the difference between body dysmorphia and body image issues. Mm-hmm. One, label it correctly, please, if you're going to be talking to people about it, because if it really realistically is something that is keeping you from enjoying your life and, and being able to make memories with your loved ones and things like that, please seek help. Please. Absolutely. There are so many things that are more important than what you look like in a swimsuit or what you look like in shorts that, that you could experience in this life. You are, you are deserving of more than the experience that you're giving yourself. Mm-hmm. And then if it's body image issues, like let's start with some of that mirror work and working on looking at the function of the body part versus what it looks like or what it would look like to other people. And again, realistically, you don't know what it's going to look like to other people because your own image could be distorted. Yes. It's also hard when you're seeking constant validation from people because when you have kind of these anxious thoughts or these negative talk situations and you ask for reassurance in your brain, you're like, they're probably lying to me. I probably do look like shit. Well, and then what, then what are you supposed to do with that? Like you have to check the facts of the situation, like anything else. And then you challenge those, right? Where is there facts to show that you weigh 600 pounds or where is there facts that you gained 60 pounds in two days because you ate Christmas cookies, right? Yes. That's not a real thing. It's not. And if you continuously put your worth in the validation of others, you will be constantly left wanting Mm -hmm. because if that validation goes away or you don't get it for some reason, then you are left with nothing. Your eggs are all in their baskets and not in yours. So realistically doing the work, take pictures of when you feel good in an outfit Mm -hmm. and keep it in your phone. I do that all the time, especially because I like, I, I recycle the, um, work outfits that I wear. Right. Cause it just makes it easier in my head to be like, okay, I've worn that. I know I look good in it. So if it's a week, if it's a day that I'm on my period and I put it on and I'm like, oh, this looks terrible. I have that picture in my phone to be like, no, no. Yep. A week ago, you liked this outfit. Yep. So your brain is fucking lying to you. So yep. put the fucking outfit on and go to work. Because realistically at work, there is no mirrors. I don't have to look at myself. I'm not constantly checking myself because I have to pay attention during sessions. And it is what it is. Yep. And then I, I get home at the end of the day and I take it off and I've lived to see another day. It just, Absolutely. it is what it is. Radical acceptance is also going to be your fucking friend in these moments mm-hmm. of like, there is nothing I can physically do to change my body right now. Mm-hmm. I cannot lose 10 pounds in 20 minutes. So what am I going to do? I'm going to put on a different outfit that I feel better in, or I'm going to wear a dress or something more forgiving and be kind to myself because beating myself up and going into the shame spiral mm-hmm. of I'm not enough because I'm not X, Y, Z doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. Or even is it effective? Uh, is that effective? Even just the dichotomy of, okay, I can either love myself today and accept myself for who I am, or I can hate myself and be fucking miserable. Literally. If you phrase it like that to yourself, why the fuck would you choose to be miserable? And here's the thing. It's going to have to be a constant choice, right? Yep. You will constantly have to choose that choice until it fucking sticks because you're building that new neuropathway. Yep. You're learning to accept yourself where you're at versus beating yourself up and being in this shame spiral. Mm-hmm. It's not effective. Yep. So what's the point of doing that? So. I think this was a really good episode. They're all good, period. Period. Facts. And all thank you, them. Katie, for yes, so much. Thank emailing you. us and asking us to talk about this. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. And we really love when you guys request things because yes. it gives us things to talk about. And we know that we're serving you because this is something that you want to hear about. Yes. I love, love, love when we get topics from people. And here's the thing. If you haven't realized by now, we record them. People give us topics. We record them immediately. So no topic is too small, too big, too controversial. Um, 
because I realistically can't think of something that I wouldn't talk about. Um, no. If the only reason we would turn down a topic is if we did not feel we could ethically represent it well. Sure. That's that's the only thing that I can't really think of anything right now to give an example. I'm not going to talk about politics or religion, but I don't think anybody would ask. No, <laughs> I'm not. I will not. I won't. But I don't think anybody. Would I won't. To talk about I will like sprinkle some of that in there. Yeah. Like I feel like you've got some some hints. Sure. Um, but that, again, that doesn't mean that I don't have the ability to sit across from somebody who is different than me Absolutely. and support and love them. Like yes. period. Um, Although it would be very hard for me to sit across the table from someone who's super hyper religious and it has staunchly different views than me because yes. as a therapist, like I don't, I, it's hard. I would, I would just, I guess, be like, I'm biased. So I don't think this is a great, I was going to say, I would just change the subject. Like <laughs> we're not talking I don't, about that. I don't want to do this. <laughs> doing that today. No. Um, okay. Anyways. So find us at spooky fit mom 13, which is Steph. I am at B E A underscore X O 11. We are at rewriting her story podcast on YouTube and Instagram. If you have any questions, email us. The Gmail is rewriting her story podcast at gmail.com. Please. Any concerns, questions, comments, topics. We want to know, we want to hear it all. So please share this with everybody. Let us know. Yes. Share this with everyone and bookmark this one or save it or do whatever you download it. Cause this is one that you're going to have to listen to a couple of times for things to start to sink in. Mm-hmm. Um, and realistically, again, we just wanted to start and get um, body image, I think is something that we'll always talk about, sure. but realistically wanted to make that differentiation between body dysmorphia and body image issues. Absolutely. So if you have any questions, let us know. Otherwise we will see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.